I'm definitely not Ryan McDonough, a Suns fan since 2004, and you're listening to the Suns Solar Panel Podcast. The Solar Panel Podcast, alive here on YouTube, or if you are listening wherever podcasts are available, my name is Tim Tompkins. Joining us, Mr. Dave King. Hey, though. Okay, and Greg Esposito, how are you guys doing? Oh, I love it. I did that as if you could see me and half of our listeners are just on a podcast. So hi there, listeners. Also, Dave, worth noting that uh, the way that this um, uh, YouTube works is that it always shows Greg and it shows either you or me. So I know Greg is such a narcissist. Not today. Everything is about Greg. It's all three of us because my equipment isn't working the same. They updated the program and I can't get that other way to work. So it's all three of us on the screen today. So well, that's actually not so bad, actually, because then it's not just. A A G. Well, look, all we're, about Greg. We're we're all the size of a postage stamp. Oh, that's true. Look at yeah. that. <laughs> that doesn't look too good. And then none of us can like chill out when we well, haven't talked can. recently. You can. You're just going to be on camera chilling out. So when uh, Tim uh, inevitably disappears during part of the episode, now the viewers <laughs> are going to know that Tim just decided <laughs> to walk out on the show. So. Wait, you guys have noticed that? Yeah, every time. well here's the here's the thing uh legitimately you guys can chat for a while and sometimes i don't talk for like 10 minutes so i hear you two going at it and i'm like let me go get a cup of coffee Uh uh-huh you just don't want to talk we understand uh so um uh hello to felix uh in the youtube chat uh appreciate you guys seeing us so the there's been a lot of chatter about different ways that the NBA could resume their season. And one of the predominant ideas right now is the NBA could host the rest of the season at Disney. You have uh, Keith Smith who cited the on-site housing and facility capabilities as two key reasons as why an arrangement like that could work. Not to mention that they also have multiple courts. Um, Orlando, don't forget that pretty recently has hosted NBA summer league for a while. Um, uh, There are, there's a lot of possibilities and a lot of reasons why the NBA could host the rest of the regular season at Disney. Um, one of the caveats of that is you can't necessarily, you can't, I mean, you can do whatever you want, I suppose, but telling the NBA players that they have to leave their families for, you know, up to three months is pretty much a non-starter to make that happen. Disney does have those on-site um, housing arrangements where they could host a, a number of members of the players' families. So Brian Windhorst recently released an idea where the NBA could finish out the full 82 regular game season by hosting four games a day in adjacent courts, uh, pretty similar to how the the summer league goes down in Vegas, um, four games a day in each one of those courts. And that would also allow for zero back-to-backs for the NBA finishing out the regular season. And they could finish it out within 30 days. And that they could also have a full round of playoffs with no days off for Uh, not for the teams, but just in general, no days off for games. And that would take 55 days to complete. 
Um, like I said, the NBA would have to host the players and their families at Disney. Here's the thing. The NBA has found a way to where they could buy 15,000 uh, coronavirus tests, which is what they estimate they would need to be able to do this safely from a private company. The ethics behind that, however, are that the NBA would be doing this while regular citizens might not have the opportunity to get a coronavirus test if they needed it. So the NBA would have to uh, go against the publicity of, oh, you can play sports while regular people can't even get a COVID-19 test. Mm -hmm. well, look, two things. The Orlando Disneyland or Disney World plan makes a lot of sense because the NBA is already in bed with Disney in terms of their TV contract with ABC and ESPN. And so, so it makes a lot of sense that they do that. Disney is, is going to want that because they need the programming on those networks. So they'll bend over backwards to figure out a way to make it work. And it's not like those, those hotels or those gyms at, uh, at the wild world of sports are being used at all for anything. So from a business standpoint, uh, you got a winner there. That's going to that's gonna make total sense, probably uh, significantly more than the Vegas plan that was floated, especially with Las Vegas looking, at least the mayor in Vegas, looking to try to open that city as fast as possible. So from that standpoint, I think it makes a lot of sense. And now you bring up the ethical question in terms of the testing. And I, and I understand where you're coming from on that, Tim. And it is slightly uncomfortable to think there are numerous people in this country that can't gain access to a test, but that a league like the NBA has it readily available because they have the money to purchase it. But I think there's a, a, a simple way, maybe not simple, but a way to get around and mitigate the PR uh, problems with that by buying 30,000 tests and donating the other 15,000 to the highest impacted areas uh, that are struggling to have tests so the NBA uh, not only serves their own purposes, but then also serves a more altruistic purpose by helping other people get tests that they may not otherwise get. Because if they can gain, if they can access fifteen thousand from a private company, I'm pretty sure that same private company or another would be able to access another fifteen thousand for the right amount of money. And we all know the NBA has that amount of money, whatever it, it may be. I think that's the way you get around any potential PR problem. So you're saying that the 400, let's say, let's say 1,500 people. Well, okay. So I'm having trouble with this. First of all, this 15,000 number, you should be testing everybody every day and you've got 450 players. Plus you've got um, probably at least twice that in staff or at least, you know, doubling that in staff. So let's say a thousand people, that's just 15 days worth of tests. So obviously I think they're going to need more than 15,000. I don't know where that came from. Um, Cause you really should be doing it every day because as soon as you take a test, you could get the virus five minutes later. So you should be taking a test every day coming in, but let's say it's 15,000 per minute, 15,000 tests for about a thousand people. Right. So that's actually 15 to one ratio. Greg, your suggestion is put 15,000 into circulation in Orlando. How many people live in Orlando? Well, I'm not saying Orlando. No, no. Sure. How many people live in Orlando, Tim? Was it three million? What? I have four I have million. No not, not Probably not. three, four million people. 15. Uh, that'd be a, like a one to 
a million. I mean, come on, or one to a hundred thousand. So fifteen to one versus one to a hundred thousand. They need to do a representative number, which obviously they're not going to be able to do a representative number of tests for everybody else to make it actually worth it. But you know what? This is a money country, and everything is capitalism. So it doesn't ultimately matter if the NBA buys 15,000 tests. There are other tests available for the highest bidder for other people. So, you know, if you have a good connection, you could pay, uh, you know, your own 100, 200, 500 bucks per test and get your own test if you want to. If you if you know the right people, get in with the right crowd, and you can buy yourself as many tests as you want to. The problem is, it's easier for the NBA to do it than it is for Joe Schmo. So I, I'm just not a big fan of this, although it's just a drop in the bucket as far as the tests are concerned. There are a lot of tests being made available, starting to be made available. The problem still is there aren't enough for people to get it without symptoms. There still is. You have to have symptoms first because there's not Dude, enough. Depending on, depending on where tests. you are here, here in, here in, um, not, I don't actually live in Jacksonville, but there's close to city to me in Jacksonville. Uh, tests are available for anybody that wants them publicly now. Really? Yep. Arizona. I mean, Arizona, we still, I mean, I don't even think we've topped a hundred thousand tests total in over a month. Uh, so while our numbers are low, part of that is because our testing is low. But is it uh, is it is it worth it? I mean, is it worth it for the NBA to say, uh, regardless of, you know, maybe Greg's idea would work, maybe it wouldn't, um, but the NBA chugs forward and they say, you know what, we're going to do games. We have the ability to get these tests. We are a business. We're going if to If you this. can completely is it worth it? bubbleize the setup, then it it could it, obviously it could work. You put is the it, same but group is, of people. Is it worth the PR? Is well, what I mean. Is it worth yeah, the, it's worth the PR. People will forget about the tests as soon as they're as soon as the the news story is over. And even even in this extended news cycle right now, you're probably talking two or three days. Yes, they'll get over the PR hit. People will be excited about watching games, and no one's going to be talking about the tests. In fact, by the time actual um, stuff happens with games. People are going to be clamoring for the NBA players to get more tests, not less, even if it's private industry. People, uh, the the scale is is going to get a lost on everybody. Um, so I think, yeah, absolutely, if they do it, the key is safety. Um, if you can completely bubbleize and nobody goes to Orlando to visit, here's the problem. Well, Disney's is Orlando's going to get what? But Disney's basically its own city. Like, no, you, I there, get it. there's like, but if it people is, are storming the capitals, they're going to be storming right. Disneyland too, Disney World too, to try to get at these players. You cannot expect people who are bored as hell to ignore the fact that there are 450 NBA players in one place, and um, there is no such thing as building the wall around Disney World uh, so people can't even see or try to catch glimpses. There's going to be so many people visiting Orlando, flying into Florida to actually try to get catch glimpses of these guys, that that is where your danger starts to happen. Well, and you can't, so, you can't tell me one of these players. I mean, if you have every NBA player right in, in there and all of a sudden Orlando opens their bars or something, right? You can't tell me one of these guys isn't going to try to sneak out or something. That's mm -hmm. where the danger is because the right. first Right, and then he brings get, it back to the bubble. Yeah. The, the first time you get one per, if you have another Rudy Gobert situation, right, it shuts the whole thing down again. Like, you're not just. Well, I don't know. They have to, they've talked about this, Greg, that they have to be willing to have sick people and not shut down. But, but right. the, prob the problem is. You'd have to. 
Like, You'd have to, 100%. You couldn't, you couldn't do it otherwise. You would have to say, even if somebody tests positive, yeah. everybody has to be willing to keep playing because yeah. otherwise it's a moot point. Because here, one person inevitably will get it. You but can't imagine, be in game four man, of the imagine being, Yeah, yeah. Imagine being this team where the one who gets infected is one of your important players, and they're not out for one game. They're out for two full weeks, which is the entire series. So uh, you get, you know, you you get um, any team, they lose one important player, they're done for that whole series. And then it's a tainted result as well. So, and it here's the thing with this, the thing that's so scary about this, and it, it the thing that's so scary about this is that um, you don't have to be the one that broke the rules to be a victim of it, yeah. right? If this could just be like, not just, I'm sorry uh, for the context here, but if this were like HIV, you did it to yourself, you know? You don't breathe on somebody and give them something like that. Uh, but this is a, uh, just a pass on by breathing uh, virus where you can be perfectly rule follower and still be a victim. So, so uh, the question a- though is really, would you rather have no result because there's not there's not a way to have the NBA season unless they agree to this, right? Yeah. There's just not. So you can either have no result or you can have a possibility of a there's tainted also, result, and those are your options. Let me throw this out, and the reason I think the uh, to me a huge huge reason they're actually going to do this, whether it's safe or not, um, and they're going to accept sicknesses and all that stuff and tainted results. Um, is that um, there is, and I didn't do enough research to be able to write a story on this yet, but there is a clause in the CBA, or maybe it's the contracts with the TV networks or something. I think it's the TV networks where you have to play 70 games or their entire country play 70 games. They have to keep in and, and the deal is, is valid. But nobody's making any money right now. So guess what? If the NBA, if the TV networks can get out of these contracts and renegotiate, the renegotiation is going to be much lower on um, total pay, which hurts the NBA again. It's all it's already the NBA is already being hurt, but at least they're still getting their TV money. So when Adam Silver says league revenue is basically zero, okay, yeah, maybe on a weekly basis, but they still got the billions in TV money. They're okay um, as long as that contract is those contracts are still in, in their jerseys and the league pass that everyone yeah, paid for. Basically Dude, zero give me crap. A break. No one's given any refunds. Uh, yeah. Uh, but what teams were starting to do is like give credits for future games plus 10% or something like that, uh, for future games, but they're not giving cash back. So the revenue has already, that's like saying after you already got paid on Thursday, yeah, I got no revenue on Friday. Oh yeah. Because you already got your money on Thursday (laughs) for the two weeks. So, um, yeah, it's 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 uh, but it is going to be a huge loss to the league for this year not to have those daily. Obviously, the game receipts for the for the walkups and the, and uh, some of the obviously the playoff revenue is probably uh, I know it's an outsized portion of their overall income for the league as well as as for those individual teams. But um, the the worst outcome could be that they lose those TV contracts and have to renegotiate at a. 30, 40, 50% discount. That there would be is, devastating. There is no way that, that that those networks walk away from the TV contracts because if you The do networks that, are losing tons it. of money too. They're going to try to renegotiate. Yeah, I bet they, they will. But they realize that 
they're not going to they're not going to nuclear option and and opt out of their contracts because they realize the one thing that will guarantee them revenue in the near future is live sports again and we've seen look at the NFL draft having its highest ratings ever and the WNBA draft having its highest ratings ever people are going to flock to whatever live sports come back in huge numbers so no networks are going to walk away because they know that's the saving grace at some point they're going to recoup money at that point because advertisers uh, if there is any whatever ad spend is left is going to be put into live sports because that's what's going to uh, have huge numbers because we're looking at uh, in all likelihood no real new movie releases uh, no major movie releases this year, most things have been moved to 2021. Fall shows aren't going to start on time because nobody can film right now. And this is when, over the next few months, they film yeah. the beginnings of those seasons. Yeah. So there's a good chance come August or, or you know July or August, whenever they can We're, safely yeah. start sports again, it's the only thing on TV that's new. So nobody's walking away from these contracts. They may not have to pay those in live reality season, shows. But yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's just, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. The one thing that's concerning to me is if you create a bubble, right, it can easily turn into the reverse and become a Petri dish real quick too. So if it's one guy or they all agree, well, we have to keep playing. Even if, even if somebody gets sick, that one person becomes multiple people. Yeah. Uh, if you do contact tracing quarantine, the entire team forfeits a game. Like <laughs> the, yeah. the series. So, so there's all sorts <laughs> of weird things that the testing, I think people yeah. get over because the, the honest fact is the NBA has already done uh, significant amounts of testing before they were even available uh, to, to the average people. I mean, look at how fast they tested all of the Utah jazz and, and all the Oklahoma city thunder right after that that Rudy Gobert incident. Uh, you know, when they found out the Lakers had been in contact, they got those people in Toronto. Like, it was it was rapid in, in the way that they got tests for their players. So nobody's kidding themselves that this is some even playing field. The bigger question for me is, and not to get political here, uh, because I really don't want to go down that, that road, but, but it's not really the NBA's... Uh, duty to get the world, you know, the United States tests. That's kind of the government's job, not the NBA's job. So if the NBA is protecting their investment and their people, I can't hate on them because the system is rigged in favor of people with money, and the league's got plenty of it. So, so I don't feel overly bad to the point that oh, they're losing all this money. Well, maybe this teaches the league and the owners to better prepare for situations where there could be financial uh, issues like this. Maybe it's a wake-up call to actually have backup reserves so this doesn't become a catastrophic problem, so you don't have to cry poor at some point because there's enough money pouring into each of these sports leagues that you can have some kind of smart rainy day fund uh, if you skim a little off the, off the top each year. If the, if the salary cap doesn't increase quite as much or whatever the case may be, I guarantee in the next CBA for all these leagues, NBA included, there will be a negotiation on a way to prevent this in the future because this is a new reality. And once it's happened, you don't put the genie back in the bottle. People are going to think about this when negotiating uh, collective bargaining agreements. So, 
I do want to take a minute to thank one of our listeners who supports the show monthly, Justin Sexton. Thank you so much. We do really appreciate your continued support, especially now. Um, Coach Fallen, founder in the YouTube chat, said that he is just here for the hard-hitting analysis of the Booker and Kendall Jenner relationship. Will they, won't they, or have they already? Which I must admit, I gave so few shits about um, when it was the only thing being talked about this week on Sun's Twitter. I mean, <laughs> the Booker-Kendall Jenner thing. Will they? My yes. God. Have they? Yes. That's, that's your hard-hitting yeah. analysis. And now I'm, yeah. I'm, now I'm much less worried that uh, Devin Booker is going to catch COVID and God knows what he may come in contact with. Uh, well, I, whatever else he can catch, he doesn't give it to other people just by breathing it. <laughs> Hopefully not. We haven't, we haven't seen anything quite like that, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't care. Devin Booker could date whoever he wants. I really don't right. care. He could date Kelly Oubre for all I care. I really, I really don't care who Devin Booker dates. It's he's an adult. <laughs> like he, even remotely. Like no, I, not, right. not I don't care least. so much. Now, now, if they had said, well, they drove up the Grand Canyon and Devin Booker pushed Kendall Jenner into the Grand Canyon, then I care because it's a legal issue and he's done something horrible. But just because you would care dating, enough to search for the video yeah, on Twitter, just, right. just because they're dating, I couldn't care less. Like, what what difference does it make that Devin Booker is dating anybody? Like, you know, unless he starts dating DeAndre Ayton's mom and it causes issues with the team. Or we get a situation like in Dallas back in the early 90s. Hey, that's where, gross. I've met DeAndre Aiden's mom. Please hey, don't say that again. Hey, don't, hey, no judgment to anybody. <laughs> whatever, whatever you love, you love. All right? Uh, but uh, oh. but you look at it, you look at it and unless it's a situation like the Mavericks with Jason Kidd, Jamal Mashburn, and uh, Jim Jackson, where they all were, I think it was Tony Braxton, if I remember correctly. Oh, they fighting all, over the same. Yeah, they were all fighting over her. It well, shoot, even this last happens. season, Greg, there was there was there was pictures of Kelly Oubre leaving Kylie um, Kylie Jenner's Kendall Jenner's place after Devin Booker had stopped seeing her, and there was never any rift on this. Who cares? They don't care right now. Like honestly, more power, more yeah. power. I tell you. It, Eduardo in the chat, have you heard of the Kardashian curse? <laughs> what what worse could happen to us? Have you seen the last ten years? Like <laughs> we've got plenty of curses here. The Kardashian right. curse does not scare me. We're we're the longest uh, running franchise in the NBA without a championship. I, there's nothing about the Kardashian curse that scares me in the least. All right, you right. can't do worse to us than we've done to ourselves here in Phoenix. <laughs> Uh, coach in the chat says maybe Dave would have a pro dating. Shut up. Somehow, some way, I think Devin's got me beat. Uh, I don't think so, man. Not when Devin's your age. I mean, seriously, Dave. Not in volume. I don't think in volume he's got you beat. You've got years no, Oh, dude, don't be even intimating that. It's not volume. It's quality. <laughs> I didn't say it was bad quality in the volume. I'm Dude, just saying no. you, you know, quality over quantity. At, at your listen, age, listen, yeah. let's 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 get off this right here. All right. So next topic: If the <laughs> NBA expanded and you could only protect two players on the Phoenix Suns, not named Devin Booker or DeAndre Ayton, who would you pick? Let's start with you, Greg. Oh, who would I pick? So I got two players. players. I, I, I protect, 
Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. Because then you got your defensive guy, you've got your three-point specialist, and I assume since you're saying not Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, I get to keep them. But they're already safe. We've locked them away so so the Seattle expansion team can't get their hands on them. I assume they're safe. So, you know, I, I think those are the two guys. But you look at that, and then you've got four pieces of the kind of uh, a team you need to make a run uh, eventually at some point as they mature. So I keep McHale and I keep Cam Johnson. Those would be my two that I protect. Those are pretty good selections. Uh, Tim, you go second. Who do you protect? Dave's saying, Dave saying, I have no idea right now. I need some time. No, I do. I do. Well, I want to hear It's Tim's. obviously Mikael Bridges, right? I think that if if the question were one player, I still think um, I'd go with Mikael Bridges. Uh, at this point, it, it just really becomes a toss-up uh, between Jalen, LeCue, uh, and Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> 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 Well, we did love Frank in our grading, so you know Frank. Dude, was and and Jalen McCute, man, I enjoyed watching that kid play ball. I, I tell you what, I, I just uh, I wanted to, I wanted him to get more minutes. I, I believe in that kid. Look, so. I wanted him to be good in the G League. Let's start low. Let's start <laughs> let's start at the minimum. I wanted him to actually hey, do good. Here's in the, the thing. League. As long as we're gonna lose, let me lose watching uh really entertaining basketball and I love to watch that kid play. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's funny. Um, okay, so you've got Mikel and then Frank LeCue. That's who yes. you're. That's yep. who you're taking. Okay, um, <laughs> man, mashing up Frank with LeCue. That is a great mix because then you get the long range shooting of Frank. You get a little bit more height, and you have all the crazy athleticism of Jalen LeCue. That is like actually if those two could be combined into a single player, that'd be a pretty damn good player. You're a seven foot point guard. That's obsessed with denim. I'm all in. Let's, let's yeah. see it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, Frank is a treasure. I was actually going to name Frank uh, jokingly as one of my two. Um, but now that, now that Tim did it, I think I can, uh, let's see Dario. <laughs> probably not Dario. Um, Dario's cowlick. Maybe. Um, I really think, obviously, Mikel. I mean, there's no, there's no question. It's got to be Mikel. The reason you wouldn't do Rubio is because you can get Rubio, you can keep Rubio even though it's unprotected. Um, so if you're only really protecting guys that you don't want to lose, I kind of like Greg's idea of of adding Cam to that. But <clears throat> um, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Kelly Oubre because I really think Mikel and Kelly are the other two most important people for the Suns' image and their persona and their fight and their spirit as a team. Even though Kelly's only under contract for one more year, that's just simply, I think, a matter of time. The only reason Kelly would be let go to go to another team would be is if they treat him like a Channing Fry, uh, where they just seriously underbid just so he will leave, which I don't think this regime would do. I think... I think James got lucky. James Jones got lucky with Kelly becoming such a good player in this system. As limited as he is, he still is a really good player in the system and spirit on the team. I know uh, James didn't give up a ton to get him. 
RIP Trevor Ariza. Uh, but I think James knows the value of Kelly Oubre in this team. And as long as the price tag isn't too high over 20 million, Kelly's going to stay a while. So I would, I would keep, I would keep, uh, I would keep Kelly and Mikel. Uh, let's go to the chat. Eduardo said Bridges and Rubio. Felix said Mikael Bridges and Kelly Oubre. MT said Oubre and Rubio. And Coach said Rubio and Bridges. So between, what, three, uh, seven of us, six said Bridges. Yeah, no. Uh, what's really good is that uh, right now, those all those guys are actually producing. Like, if we had done this question a year ago, two years ago, we'd have to pick amongst guys who haven't even produced yet. We're picking on potential and hope. I mean, Marquise Chris would have been, uh, and Dragon Bender would have been the fight over, you know, should they be the two you keep besides the team's two best players? Should they have held on to, to Chris? God. No. Uh, um, look, you know what? Here, let me let me put it this way. If you like Jalen LeCue's chances of succeeding uh, without, you know, learning skills and being uh, incubated properly with this franchise the way it is with James Jones as the GM and Monty Williams as the coach, then you would like Marquise Chris's chances in this franchise with a fresh start. Bringing him back? No. It was it's 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 too much history. It's like going back to an ex-girlfriend. You just can't do it. You can dally with it, but you can't do it. You know, so I think uh, you can't at this point bring Chris back. It's just too much bad blood, but um, or just bad memories and all this. He could regress. It's not good for him, even though it's a better environment. It's not good for the sons because the fan base is going to remember the. So, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. However, um, if it was a fresh Marquise Chris, I think he could have thrived much better in this environment than he did in the old one two or three years ago. And then he would be our Jalen LeCue. Bender, come back. You can blame it all on McGee. Oh, I still want man, Bender I, back. Uh, I forget which article <laughs> it was the other day, but somebody was arguing that Bender was better than, uh, would have been better than Dario Sharks this year. And I just feel really bad for Dario, man. No, that's like such an insult. Uh, that's just, that's the, no, shows, no. Bender never would have approached rage. anything. Yeah. Yes, Just Dar- because Dario he's a grumble, little... bumbling, stumbling guy doesn't mean he wasn't productive and made all the right plays. He did. Yeah. Um, so our friend Flex contributed to a couple of ideas that we're going to talk about to round out. Flex of Jersey. Let, let's be clear. I messaged Flex last night and said, I am out of ideas. I am tapped. Can you help produce <laughs> this thing? Flex. Because Flex Thank is, you. Is, is a wealth. Of random let's sons let's use flex as a as a temporary sidebar here. <laughs> and on, 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 the wait, first wait, one, no, let's wait, 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 no, no, Tim, let's use flex as a temporary sidebar here um, to go to the Thursday night uh, solar jam fanning party that we had um, on on Zoom the other night. So I made, I made, I mean, it was genius for about a, uh, an hour, and then it degraded into less than genius but i had this grand idea that we would just share our zoom link out to have a solar party on thursday night i just put it on twitter open didn't even dm people i just put it on twitter it worked awesome for about an hour because we got about 25 random great suns fans that were really into it for being suns fans and sharing things about the suns and it was really as a biggest zoom i've been on 
uh, 25 people at once. It was, well, 20 at once, but there was a, a rotation of few people at the bottom there. And then the bad people came because they found the link on Twitter and then it degraded and stuff. But man, for an hour it was golden. And what's great is I heard later that half a dozen of them stayed on for like five hours on that party. <laughs> so really? good for them. Yeah, not with the not with the randos, but with uh, eventually the randos went away, and then just the fans so, stayed. So what Flex were, was what one were of the, the Flex, what, what Flex were the randos tweeted, doing though? We can't we can't even mention that audio. Well, on there YouTube was yeah, period. we can. There was there was some <laughs> nasty um, sex act pictures, and there was some random drawings of things, and then just girls came on just to just to uh, just hang out and stare at the camera um, and wait to be flirted with, yeah, which I don't think anyone did because we're basketball nerds. I felt like a chaperone and I actually got out. Tim, you would have loved it. You need to stay on. You need to stay up when I flex is in Jersey. He was on this thing until 5 a.m. Flex, you are awesome. I do close to um, eight Zoom calls a day. I do my uh, the show with you guys. The workouts are now virtual over Zoom. I don't want to do another Zoom meeting, honestly, for the rest of of my life. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I'm just really over uh, Zoom meetings. Um, you know, but and this I, was totally different. This is totally different. This was awesome. Greg, you were on there. It, it, Tell was, a, it was a lot of fun. I love that Dave didn't, Dave didn't even make it difficult to Zoom bomb this thing. Dave just went, please, internet. <laughs> I'm welcoming you to make this a complete chaos. Here's well, the I link. wanted to see how many Suns fans we could get on there. If we could limit, like, we need to, if there could be a qualifier question on Zoom, like, uh, tell us who started in the 1993 finals for the Suns, then it would have been great. If people had to answer a question correctly to get into the Zoom, then I'd, I'd put out the the link to anyone and everyone. And then we could do it in the playoffs, and there'd be 250 little thumbnails. Brrr. That'd be awesome if we could do that one year. Uh, was, but I don't know if Zoom fun, allows man. for qualifying questions. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it was cool to see uh, everybody was kind of showing off their favorite piece of, of memorabilia, those kind of things. And There's for some me, pretty awesome memorabilia out there. For me, it was great to be on a call with John Bloom and Flex. It brought me back to the post-game uh, yeah. days. Uh, I, I miss I miss my conversations with the, those two gentlemen. Uh they uh, they got me through many a rough season uh, at late at night uh, after after many a rough game. So uh, so that was that was a lot of fun to uh, to do that and get to meet the uh, the Sun Jam Session guys. I think that's their podcast yep, yep. name now. They they, they, I, I they are them. the kings of renaming podcasts. <laughs> so they're on their third name now. Now it's the Sun's Jam Session. So John Voida and Matthew Lissy were on there. John Bloom. Uh, Trayvon Edwards got in there, um, and we got a bunch of really just uh, really cool Suns fans from uh, the Twitter world um, on there as well. And it was it was really good to see faces with names. PLR was in the room too. Yeah. PLR, yeah, Another Paul Richardson. Yeah. In the wild, so. yeah. So Tim, back to your question: What is our stay up late next question? time, Tim? We had some East Coasters. We had some people from. We had a guy from Australia. Great. I work, dude. I work at eight a.m. I'm not going to stay up until two o'clock. And it's so nice if you guys invite me, but I'm not going to do it. No pants. You don't have to go to sleep, man. Stay up all night, all night. <laughs> uh, listen. So the be question there for the girls next time. <laughs> the question from Flex was: One Phoenix transaction that you could do over that being free agency or trade. What would it be? I'm going to start this off because I feel like being controversial. Luka Doncic. 
that's controversial at this point. Not controversial. You, you know we don't like talking about something that didn't happen. So, yeah, I would I would do – tell you what, I love DeAndre Aiden, and it's possible that he'll grow into a bigger difference maker for this team that has Devin Booker. I love um, him, too. But, I think it's great. I but, would still just much rather have Luka Doncic. I would have taken Luka Doncic, too. This this is so tough because there's so many of those. But moments. wait, that's not the transaction I'm going to use. I'm just agreeing with you, Tim. I still have a play. Go ahead, Greg. Okay. So I don't know. This is it's it's so tough because there's so many of these what ifs, right? In in Suns history, so many bad transactions yeah. done. I, I look I look at it and there's two, and I'm going to get railed for one of these. But the, the first one, and it comes to mind uh, significantly, uh, ex- <clears throat> the Rodman one in 93, where it's rumored that the Suns were close to a trade, would have been interesting. But I think it turns into a complete disaster because of, uh, uh, because of Barkley. Just that team, they partied, and you put, you put Rodman in that. I don't know if it becomes brilliant or a total mess. But that one's intriguing. Oh, I, I'm debating between two, though, right now, like that are there. I think I'm going to go with 2004, that offseason. Uh, Mike D'Antoni had, uh, had the relationship with Kobe. Kobe considered Phoenix, right? You changed the entire fabric of everything in the NBA from that point on if you signed Kobe here. You would have had Kobe, you would have had Marion, you would have had Amari, and there's a potential. I doubt that it would happen because they, I'm not sure they had the cap space, but you might have been able to add Nash as well. Uh, you know, I, you win a championship if you had Kobe there. As much as it would pain me because mm. there's all sorts of things, but that one... If that happens, it, it it destroys the Lakers at that point. It it likely wins the Suns a championship. It it, it, it seven seconds or less never really happens, but it, all of this, uh, everything changes at, at that point. So that's probably the one I I go with. There's one other, but that's probably the one I go with. But how would having a do-over change it? Well, because. So, I'm saying I'm saying they signed Kobe there, right? So then it, it takes Kobe off the Lakers. They don't win those titles with Gasol. Right, but I mean that's not really a do-over. They would have signed Kobe if if Kobe had agreed, right? So this is this is a a you could uh, where the not, Suns made the mistake, not right. that somebody oh, where said no. Where the Suns no. made the mistake? Oh, okay. Then it. Then it's got to be Flex is saying it in the chat, but it's got to be Joe Johnson if it's the Suns made the mistake because that's the one that that completely uh, completely yeah. changed the seven seconds or less uh, again there at the beginning of that run. If you have Joe Johnson, which you would have had him for cheap, I think he wanted sixty five. They offered him they offered him fifty. I thought it, right? I think no, I think it was uh, forty five to fifty. It was literally one one million a year. Uh, he wanted 50 over five years. The Suns wanted 40 to give him 45 over five years. It looks okay. So, so, so yeah, it's minimal money. Yeah. You would have had him on the cheap. You would have had Nash locked up. You would have had Amari locked up. Right, right. But, but hindsight, okay, let's look. I, I'm not defending Robert Sarver because really what should have happened is they should have given him the max and kept him happy enough to take the max in the summer of 05. 
and they still would have been able to keep the team together because if assuming Robert Sarver wouldn't have cheaped out on everything else. However, um, the summer of 04, I can see why you'd want to haggle with the dude. You just spent over $100 million on Nash and Quentin Richardson. Joe wants an extension in 03-04. He was one of the worst volume starters in the league. Um, very low efficiency and, and all that. Um, and he had potential, obviously, but he hadn't proven anything. And he wanted a little bit more money than a reasonable person would want to pay. And we all know Robert Sarver is very key on, on not, well, well, we don't know Robert Sarver because sometimes he goes overboard and overpays and other times he underpays. Um, <clears throat> I think the keep keeping him for the max in O the summer of Oh five is where the sons missed out. Not, not keeping that relationship strong. Well, and I would and do Sarver, that. Sarver admitted that he made a mistake there, which is, you know, which is, yeah. One of the few that he, he one of the only admitted. ones he's ever admitted. Yes. Yeah. So I think that was important. I think, um, uh, there's several others that should be and could be do overs. I would have found a way to keep Antonio McDice in town as well. Uh, but then looking back on it, that wouldn't have changed much because Penny and Jason Kidd were injured too, too much anyway for that team to have really, come around, but I, I just would have preferred obviously in a healthy Antonio McDice over the Tom Gugliotta that we ended up with. Uh, but those are the ones that jump at me. I mean, there's, there's so many transactions in history that, that it could be. Kyle in the chat said drafting Giannis and not Lynn in 2013, but that seems super hindsight. Yep. Right. Obviously uh, we'd love Giannis for yes. sure. And where where did Giannis get drafted again? Was it 16 or was he was he in the 20? As I, I remember, it was outside the, the lottery, right? 15, 15. So right, so 14 other teams are saying that right now. Um, For sure. Uh, most people though, uh, Felix, um, Fabio, uh, Coach, yeah. Fallen, all all saying uh, Joe Johnson, Fabio saying maybe Isaiah Thomas. I think the Isaiah Thomas thing was a mistake, but uh, one of the biggest ones. No, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, how much of a difference would that really have made to the team? And then if we if we had Isaiah Thomas, if I remember correctly, we probably wouldn't have gotten Devin Booker. But yeah, how about how about this? How about that's the thing. That's the thing is you got to look at those. Sorry, Greg, but um, a lot of these transactions, um, you can't assume the other good things that happened after that would have still happened because the Suns would have gone different directions. And you're right. Uh, there's a, there's a few things you could have done. Like I was even going to say CJ McCollum in that 2013 draft turned out to be a hell of a lot, really worth the fifth pick. And, and uh, people, the Suns really liked him that year, but um, they didn't take him. And then if they had CJ McCollum, they wouldn't have gone Devin Booker the next year. They would have gone someone that didn't turn out as, as good um, uh, in the NBA because nobody in that, 15 draft after uh, Booker was all great shakes. So um, Eduardo said Bledsoe in the fourth pick, which ended up being Josh Jackson for Kyrie Irving. I still would not have done that. No, Kyrie I mean, I, I might've done that. I think that's a good, that's a good suggestion in hindsight. Of course, the Suns were building at that time. Here's, here's one for you. You go back to uh, the Steve, Steve Nash and the end of that whole thing. I trade him a year or two earlier coming off uh, once you decide to let Amari go ideal Nash at that point you get more for him you start the rebuild faster and you maybe avoid the 10-year slump that you wind up in because that really is a big part of what 
put this team in the hole is they held on to that to to Nash and and trying to be serviceable at the end there uh, and wound up being a 500 team for for two years there where if you had just said you know what we're rebuilding we, we accept that and you make the deal when Nash is a little bit more valuable maybe you avoid the 10 years that we've suffered through since then there's a lot uh, of do-overs so <laughs> yes <laughs> The next one is one injury that you could undo. Uh, I'm going to start this off with Flex. He said the Danny Manning ACL oh, injury in 94-95. Uh, reading a bunch about that, you actually had uh, Jerry Colangelo at the time saying he came here because he felt this way, where he wanted to be an opportunity to play with a team uh, that would contend for a championship. Uh, then the bad news today, my response to all of that is very simple. That sacrifice will not be forgotten. And as I was just reading some of the comments from Jerry Colangelo, it, it, it really honed in the difference that that period of Suns was for Suns history than now, where you had players that were literally taking discounts to come play for a team that was competing for a championship. He took $1 million. This is Danny Manning basically at the peak of his career, right? Former yeah. number one pick. Took yeah. a, only a million to sign with the Suns because that's all the cap space they had because he wanted to play here. <clears throat> and Colangelo held to his word the following year, even coming even though he's the injured. ACL injury, he paid the man. So... Uh, so yeah, that that spoke volumes, and that's a great one, Flex, because that 90, uh, 93, 94 team uh, was when when Manning got injured, had the best record in the NBA, right? I think they were thirty seven and ten, maybe thirty six and ten when when Manning got injured, and uh, that would have been the title team, I think, out of that group because there's no Jordan at that point. Uh, Houston's the team they got to get past. Uh, and and yeah, if Joe Klein doesn't fall on Danny Manning's knee in, in practice, uh, that's a different, that's a whole different thing. Oh so man, that is, that is a that is a major one. Uh, you know, another one is uh, Kevin Johnson in that ninety two ninety three season. People forget yep. this, but he he only played I think forty six regular season games. That's when his hamstring. Injuries started to, to flare up and started to be an issue. I think he had a, a slight knee ish, issue that year, too. We it, There was not a full-strength Kevin Johnson uh, even in, in the playoffs at that point. So that season, uh, which is arguably the best in Suns history, likely plays out significantly differently if Kevin Johnson's not hurt. there. Yeah, I was thinking about the Kevin Johnson injury. As I'm, I'm thinking about... Um... Uh, the Joe Johnson injury in 05, the facial, the orbital bone. Um, you've got, God, there's so many injuries that have, uh, even Steve Nash getting beat up in the 07 series too contributed to the Suns not having a better than 2-2 tie, even at the point uh, where there was the suspensions and all that. But uh, the yeah, biggest one has, to, yeah, the biggest one has to be a Mars Stoudemire to me. Needing microfracture after that's incredible 2005 breakout and then suddenly needing the microfracture um, when he was just the I mean, they were talking about uh, the uh, Fox Sports Arizona is showing historical games and and they showed the um, uh, one of the 2005 playoff games against Dallas. And they were just saying, I think it was, yeah, playoffs against Dallas. 
and they were saying you know, Bill Walton was a uh, Bill Walton's such a treasure. Uh, but back then he was a little bit more mainstream and he was actually on the finals, not the finals call, but the playoffs call. And he was like, Amari Stoudemire, the future of the NBA, future MVP and all this stuff back in 05. He just looks so good. And even though he was great again, he wasn't the same great. Uh, and so his injury really could have propelled the Suns to some championships in that seven seconds or less before they fell apart. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Dave Griffin, uh, former Suns executive uh, and now New Orleans Pelicans uh, president of basketball operations, was on Twitter last night and actually was talking about that, how people forget how good Amari was. And, and without that injury, he's he's basically a lock as a Hall of Famer. And, you yeah. it, and it's really true. I mean, uh, how, yeah. how unbelievable he was prior to that injury. And he did come back and was still a, a great player, but he wasn't quite the same. He just did not have uh, the same amount of explosiveness. Uh, that pick and roll with Nash uh, before Amari's knee injury was deadly. Nobody could really stop that. And they were just scratching the surface when he missed a full season. That's the other thing. He missed a full year in the middle of, of the prime of that seven seconds or less team. And that team still yeah. made it to the Western Conference Finals without him. Imagine what they could have done with him at full I strength. tell you what, um, even that year, the Raja Bell injury is what actually eventually doomed him. Yeah. Uh, when he, when he, it was the, either Achilles or something like that in that uh, Conference Finals against Dallas. Suns were up 1 0. Suns were up 1 0 when it's Raja, uh, yeah pulled that it was a calf I think it was and he couldn't play again that I mean you already were out Kurt Thomas and Amar Stoudemire and then adding Raja Bell out they couldn't make it through that final that conference final so yeah there's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of heartbreak but I think the Amari one is the one that would have made would have been transcendent if he could have stayed healthy I still think we should have named this podcast Heartbreak Hotel I think we had discussed that one because it's an old Al adage but yeah that's like the perfect thing for like, <coughs> every week. Solar panels perfect. It, um, yeah. That's true, but everybody could have checked. Hey, Suns Jam session when you change your name again. Heartbreak Hotel. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Suns fans check into the Give Heartbreak the, Hotel on a regular basis. to the jammers. That's right. All right. Uh, rounding the show out. What are you guys uh, into this week? Let's start with you, Greg. What am I into this week? I am watching McMillions on HBO. It's a documentary series on how. Uh, one guy scammed the old McDonald's uh, Monopoly game, uh, and basically every major prize in the late 90s when they ran that thing uh, was illegitimately won by people this guy knew. Uh, so very interesting. And uh, fun fact, Rhett Reese is actually working on a uh, feature film version of this, I believe, with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. So... Uh, so another reason, but if you want to know the backstory, it is, it's fascinating. I, I highly recommend that. I'm into that this week. Dave. Whew. Um, I forgot about this segment. So let me, let me try to remember what I've done this week. Uh, I got into that new show. I forget which channel it's on, but it's called run. Um, uh, Domhnall Gleeson and this girl, they basically, after 15 years, they basically text each other to meet on this train uh, and they're just trying to catch up on what's happened in their lives since they last dated. It's quite an interesting little show. Otherwise I'm just continuing the stuff I talked about last week because um, of those series. I love Westworld, even though it's crazy, crazy nuts. Um, Better Call Saul. I'm really sad that that one's over again for probably another two or three years. Sons of bitches. 
but no, I think um, um, that's I'm just trolling Netflix these days. <laughs> Run, so Run is cool. another HBO show. Is it? I've been, I, yeah, because I every time. Oh, I, I get it through HBO the Hulu app, with the HBO extension. Okay. Every time I go on the HBO app, I look at that one. I go, oh, that might be the next one. As, as, Actually, it's interesting. I mean, the girl looks like she'd be annoying as hell to watch all the time, but she's actually kind of endearing annoying, which is probably why they cast her. So it's pretty good. Uh, I rented that new, new, um, they just, it's just out on Amazon or whatever, that new Brad Pitt space movie. Bad Astra? Uh, maybe that's what it was called. I, I'm I'm a sucker for space so films, cool, dude. You you give me you give me a a movie that is takes place in space, and I'm going to watch it uh, ten times out of ten. But man, Brad Pitt used the same tone of voice, the same infliction, the, the entire fight. movie. Yes, <laughs> that's Brad Pitt. So I'm not kidding. Movie Every so like beginning to end, yeah. the tone and pace of the movie and the narration never once changed. Yeah. <laughs> and that pace too, the it's one you're using. That's right. Yes. <laughs> the entire, but it was like two and a half hours. Oh, of course God. it's a Friday night and I'm quarantined and I ain't got shit to do. So like I'll finish the movie, but wow. Wow. That would have, what a waste of, I mean, no wonder he always co-stars with people. Have you guys watched the movie yesterday? The one about, the guy, something happens. Everybody forgets yes, the yeah. Beatles except this guy. I enjoyed it and hated it all at the same time. I watched. I thought it was week. cute. I liked it. Yeah. I had there. I had so many problems with it though. <laughs> like there were so many things that you go, what? No. Like, I, like, I I don't want to ruin it if anybody's going to rent it. But there were so many issues, especially when he meets a certain person uh, at that. Uh, in that and it justifies his whole thing the whole thing there's so many problems with it we never find out why everybody forgot about the beatles except him like like <laughs> and two other people in yeah, the world like, I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> like no like look it was a fluff piece and it was cute and it was it was it was fun to hear beatles music being played as if it was being heard for the first time so i thought that was a good premise but yes there were all there were a few potholes or plot holes yeah, I, yes. I really enjoyed potholes. that those parts of it dave but then the other half of me is like just screaming internally going this makes no sense which is probably what most people do when they watch most of this show but you know <laughs> I, 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 that just drove me nuts this week so maybe this segment becomes what you're I don't envy you being about. stuck with that astra man but i was in a theater watching it um with my girlfriend and and we were both just oh my god this is so slow. When is this ending? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you want to feel that way again, go watch a new Brad Pitt. <laughs> All right. So on that note, it was a lot of fun, everybody. Thank you so much for waking up with us live yep. every Saturday morning, Arizona time at 7 a.m. Or if you're listening on the podcast or watching the replay, regardless, thank you so much for your time. We really do appreciate you guys. My name is Tim Tompkins, Dave King, Mr. Greg Esposito. We will be back again next Saturday, 7 o'clock, Arizona time. Thanks, guys. Bye.